Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, flying solo this first segment, waiting on Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest. He is Paul Berg, former Major League Baseball pitcher. For He pitched for a number of teams, and he pitched in Major Leagues for a long time. Also, he's an author of a book called Free Bird, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get uh, deep into the show. Hey, Paul, thanks a lot for a couple of minutes of your time. How you been? Mike, what is going on? How are you up in Wisconsin? Man, we're doing good, really good. The uh, the Brewers just ended a couple weeks ago, and and I was hoping they had they had one more game. You know, if they could have gotten Game Seven and uh, got a chance to play the Red Sox, I don't know how they would have done against the Red Sox, Paul. But I'll tell you what, the Brewers gave this community and this state a lot to uh, a lot to cheer about this year. No, I'm telling you, man, they had a great year. And, you know, I'm down here. I cover the Braves for Fox, and they had an incredible year. And it was fun watching both those teams because not only were they good, but they were really fun to watch. Like, they played the game the right way. They scrapped. They, you know, were energetic. They did a lot of things well, you know, on and off the field. And I can see why, you know, the the people up in Milwaukee and close by got behind the Brew Crew because I found myself – uh, I've never played for the Brewers, but I found myself following the team because they were just so daggone fun to watch. They were, and and I told we had Marcus Handel. We're going to get into that that interview that we did last week, and 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 how I reached out to you and why I reached out to you. But I told Marcus last week that for the last I would say probably four to six weeks of their season, I didn't miss a pitch. And I never sat back in the recliner. I was always at the end of the, the, my seat because every pitch mattered. And it was really exciting. It was tough when they lost. I, I've never rooted for the Red Sox before, but I rooted for them in the World Series. I thought a couple of the Dodger players came off as just jerks, to be honest with you. And I started rooting for the Red Sox come the World Series. But that Brewer team just was so fun to watch. I love it. I love it. And you just mentioned one of my favorite individuals in the world, Marcus Hanel. Nickname is Coos. K-O-O-S. He's the best. More than any human being that I know. He would kill the spread. I mean, he would easily three heaping plates. He has the biggest hands in all of baseball. Rivals Johnny Bench can hold eight or nine baseballs. It is hilarious and a tremendous human being on and off the field. So love that he's with the Brew Crew, and I know that he helps a lot of people on that team. Oh, he does. And a lot of people in our community, Paul, and and the reason I reached out to you is last week when we had Marcus in, and like I said, he's the only three-time guest on Faith in the Zone, and I thank him so much because he's very engaging. And and it's funny because I get a lot of response from the people that come on the shows, but it's about double when he comes on. And he, he talked about when we asked him for his testimony, and we do that here on Faith in the Zone, he, he mentioned your name a number of times. And he said, uh-huh. hey, look, 
you know, this is a guy that that had a lot to do with me and my walk and how and how we uh, how I went. And and so I just thought, let me reach out. So I I, I called and, and text uh, Tom Roy, who you know really well from UPI, and he's been a yeah. big part of this show. And he said, do I know Paul Bird? Yeah, I go fly fishing. We try to go once a year. And I said, do you think he would mind if uh, if I reach out to him? And he said, no, absolutely not. Just use my name, and and uh, maybe that should work. So um, not only uh, Marcus Hanel, but Tom Roy have brought uh, brought you up, Paul. And, and we really appreciate you know a few minutes of your time on, on Faith in the Zone. Hey, can we start with, with where you grew up and, and uh, a little bit about your background, maybe as far back? is like high school or so yeah absolutely so i grew up in louisville kentucky horses whiskey basketball i'm telling you uh and my brother had a couple horses um had two brothers they would take me fishing my dad played high school basketball college basketball at anderson indiana for whatever reason i grew up breaking lamps in the living room throwing tennis balls around two years old my dad got home from work Detective a homicide, put his handkerchief down and squatted down. And he says, I started hitting the outside corner when I was two. That's so he awesome. He got a book by Tom Seaver called The Art of Pitching, and he do nothing about baseball. And to this day, I'm going to get emotional talking about it. Uh, my dad is my favorite catcher. And I uh, lost my dad last year, and he came to faith the day before he passed. He lifted his head off the pillow and looked at me and said, Paul, I'm going to trust Jesus and his righteousness. It Amen. was literally the thief on the cross. He put his head back down on the pillow, and that was it. The next day, he told me, thank you. Those were his last words. I uh, love and miss him dearly. My mom, Lily, um, was a uh, sort of a secretary for Kentucky Medical Association. She never missed a game, and she had the most obnoxious cheer in the stands where she would yell, Woo! Woo! <laughs> and so I'm sorry if I embarrassed any viewers, nope. but I'm real proud of my mom. She's still back in Louisville. Talk to her every day. Love her dearly. I had people that invested in me and followed my heart. And um, so that's how I grew up. And then I went to Louisiana State, and um, that is where I very first heard the gospel. A man named Wayne Waddell with Crusade for Christ asked me if I were to die tonight. Um, would I go to heaven? And I said, yes. And he said, well, what would the reason be? And I said this while now I had a mullet in the eighties cause I love Bob Horner, you know, sure. Bob Horner, couple beers, smoking the heater. I was like, I want to be that guy. So I had the blonde mullet at LSU and I was twirling my blonde mullet. And I said, well, I would go to heaven because I'm a good dude. And he looked at me and kind of smirked, you know, uh, but he was a great man and he built into me over the next three years and challenged me to actually read the Bible and ask me questions that I couldn't answer, which is how good is good and certain things that uh, caused me to think. And so I had this wrestling and I feel like Jesus pursued me. He's so good. He loves me so much. And I really was seized, I guess, by the power of a great affection. And I uh, felt like God loved me and he gave his little boy for me. And eventually that won out and I trusted Christ. And I hold the record, Mike. I don't know if you know this. I know you've had a lot of viewers. 
but I think I hold the record for saying the prayer to receive Christ is over 35 times. I just kept messing up and really didn't understand (laughs) the gospel, and I just felt like once I had received Christ, now it was up to me, my behavior, to solidify that I was a Christian, and God has confirmed over the years that I am a complete mess and that I will always mess up at times, um, but his love is so great for me that it upholds me and allows me to make fewer mistakes, and it's made me realize through the Holy Spirit the deposit that when I do make mistakes, it bothers me. Not because I'm on a performance trip or I'm pitching to please God, but it bothers me because I love my dad so much, my heavenly father, that I want to please him. And so, uh, you know, but I, I have learned over the years that his goodness wins out in my conversion and in my daily walk. So uh, I get passionate talking about Jesus and that he's changed me. I love baseball and uh, I still love horses and basketball, too. He is Paul Bird, man. This I, I'm so thankful uh, to Tom Roy, to Marcus Handel and to Paul for giving us time here on Faith in the Zone. And I, as we're talking, I would recommend you, you can you can go online and, and look up his bio. Uh, go up and, and look at the, the book Free Bird. And it, it is uh, a book that you might want to pick up. And, and I've learned a little bit about the book. And I just find it really interesting. I've also done a couple of uh, a couple of some research on a couple of articles where Paul was the guest and being asked some questions on CBN.com, and I would highly recommend you, you you do that as well. Hey, Paul, what do you do now? You're a sportscaster with the Atlanta Braves, correct? Yes. So well, I'm you- actually with Fox. I don't work. I cover the Braves. Um, I've done some college, but I'm now doing. Uh, Fox Sports with the Braves. I cover the Braves, do sideline, I do in the booth, and I do little hits, little specials where I'll get in a car with a guy, go to the field in one of his race cars, or I'll take a guy to a coffee shop. We'll talk about coffee, talk about baseball, talk about his passion. So I do a little bit of everything. We'll just say I'm a utility man when it comes to being a broadcaster, and um, I really enjoy it. Hey, did uh, did you know – uh, as baseball started um, coming to an end for you, that sport, that being on 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 air and and being a sportscaster and working for Fox Sports is something that you had interest in. I didn't. They called me down just to help them out one day, um, and shoot, I came down and I sat in the studio and I just gave them my opinion. And the next year, they said, uh, "Paul, will you be our?" full-time analyst you're our number one choice and I said really and they said yeah they said but some people are worried that you're too serious and I said well man you must have (laughs) I must have really not been myself or missed because now I'm kind of a clown on the air I do like to have fun and so everybody's like oh wow you're totally different than your audition so uh you know I, I do like to be serious I do like to have fun and I like to just approach the game with a different angle and um you know, so I enjoy that. I'm very thankful that I get to follow one of my passions. Uh, I talked to you a little bit about my faith. We also run a ministry called the Birdhouse Ministries, where we have horses. We have five horses. One of them is a retired racehorse named Abel. And uh, I've got Maximus, who is the biggest horse in Georgia. He's a big plow horse. I love him. But they work with kids. They work with teens. They work with adults, even a couple of the troops. And we believe that trauma is healed through relationship. And sometimes when you have trouble trusting people, you can trust a horse 
learn how to have a relationship with an animal and then take that into your life. Uh, we do combine that with some spiritual things as well. So we're not just fixing somebody apart from Christ or trying to, but we love that. That's another one of my passions. I said, growing up in Kentucky, uh, getting to ride horses with my brother, Mike, uh, was one of the greatest things of my life. And so it's funny how everything's connected up, not just with the horses, but with broadcasting, Marcus Hanel, Tom Roy, and the fact that I feel deep connection with you now in Birmingham, Alabama, going to visit my son, and you're all the way up in Wisconsin. God is good. His timing is perfect. He's so cool. I, I agree with that 100%. I do. We're going to get to a break. And, again, I, I just want to thank Paul Bird for, for coming on Faith in the Zone and, and, uh, and, and enjoying uh, his time on today's episode. And also with, with uh, Marcus Hanel for his help and, and Tom Roy, of course, um, he is, I believe he's now retired. End of the year, if nothing else, UPI, uh, Unlimited Potential Incorporated, or in Christ, as he would say. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, well, my co-host finally made it in. Good afternoon. He is Pastor Ken Keller. It was supposed to be good morning, but now you're here, so it is is afternoon. (laughs) You are late. He is my co-host, and I'll tell you what, man, there's a chance I got a new one coming. I'm not sure. (laughs) He's Pastor Ken Keller of Brookside Baptist Church. Can you imagine when you were coaching, if kids showed up 15, 20 minutes late, what you would do? Uh, They'd they'd probably be running. So take the... Take a couple laps. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul, don't get in on it, man. You're just going to make no, it worse for in. me, man. No, yeah, yeah. Him and I just spent a great segment together. Him and I are close. You're uh, on the outside yeah. looking in, brother. He is Paul yeah. Bird, our special guest. Paul Bird, he, he pitched for the Mets and the Braves, the Royals, uh, the Cleveland Indians. That's the one that I, I remember him the most from. Boston Red Sox, Kansas City Royals, the Phillies. He's pitched for some teams, and he knows a lot about uh, Major League Baseball. He knows a lot about uh, what we're doing on Faith in the Zone because he's been saved. He's a strong, get-up-on-the-mountaintop kind of Christian guy, which which I really enjoy. He's the author of a book called Free Bird, also runs Birdhouse Ministry in Georgia. Uh, there's a lot of things that he's doing, sportscaster for Fox Sports in, in the Atlanta area. Uh, boy, Paul, you're busy, man. I have a little ADD. <laughs> I can't quite make a decision or make a choice on a profession, so I do a lot of things, and um, man, I, I gotta say, I love it. Um, my wife, you mentioned all those teams. I gotta give a shout out to my wife, Kim Bird. Um, she moved us 54 times over oh. my career. I played 19 years, uh, 14 in the big leagues, and one of those stops, that's where we ran into Marcus Hanel and some other uh, great guys, and how I got to know Tom Roy through UPI and all that. But I'm blessed. I've never been able to stay in one place, so it looks like that's going to be 
the pattern for the rest of my life. Well, it was, and if I remember our conversation with Marcus last week, it was the Atlanta Braves because he talked about you and he talked about Smoltz. And, you know, he said, look, we, and again, go back and if you get a chance to listen to the interview and and we talk about Marcus Handle on this show a lot. You know, Paul, we've had on this show guys like Tony Dungy and Bobby Bowden and Pastor Daryl Strawberry. I mean, we've had some guys and then some local guys and, and Marcus Hanel and Don Beebe and, and, and certainly Tony Dungy are guys that we talk about because they've had such an impact on not only Pastor Ken's life and my life, but the listeners that I talk to um, out here in the Milwaukee area where they say, hey, look, when you had Dungy on and he talked about his platforms or when you had Marcus Hanel on and he was a first-generation Christian and he just was, was upset that he didn't know this stuff earlier, that's me. And so we're, I think yeah. there, there are some stories that we have on Faith in the Zone that really reach out to people where they are. We go right to where they're at, and I think that, that that is the reason we've been doing this show for a while. I'll tell you another one, Bobby Richardson. Bobby Richardson was one that uh, I thought really you know, was phenomenal and challenged. You know, he played with the Yankees for years, second baseman, dubbed him the preacher. You remember that Solid story? Solid human being and Mickey came to Christ. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Hey, Paul, preach it, baby. I mean, that, yeah, hey, I, hey, I can't. He when, I, when he gave the answers why he was a Christian and who helped him, he mentioned Bobby Richardson. And I thought, you know, that's so cool. Absolutely. Um, you know, so cool. Paul, I came home one day. I was out in Denver, Colorado uh, at a church, Tri-City Baptist Church out there. And I came home. I got four boys. And uh, I think they might have been taking a nap or something. And so I told Kathy, I said, I think I want to just grab a sandwich and turn the TV on and see something about sports. Well, the TV went to C-SPAN, and it was Mickey Mantle's funeral. Bob Costas gave the eulogy, but Bobby Richardson preached the message, told the whole story of how Mickey Mantle came to Christ. And yeah. uh, I'll tell you what, man, I was riveted on the edge of my seat watching C-SPAN. But the national news media carried Bob Costas giving the eulogy, but nothing about Bobby Richardson's message about how Mickey Mantle uh, came to Christ, but uh, it was powerful. And I got to hear, even though I was late, Mike did let me put my headset on, and, <laughs> and I did get to hear your testimony, how you came to the Lord, and, uh, man, that was powerful. Man, thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing that. Hey, that, was, that, was, that was moving to me. Imagine if you would have got here on time, you would have had a bunch of questions for him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I would have. He would have. You would have. I, I still could have some questions. Like if you were pick, pitching to Mike McGivern, what would you throw him? Man, you, you don't. I don't know. You know, on my Twitter bio, it says I can throw 82 at carnivals, but that's a lie. I'm down to 77 now. I'm just afraid to change it. Hey, you so, hey, you, you, Then you know what? Then try to throw that heat past me. I got. I got quick hands. Okay, I'm gonna say it's gonna be. 77, but it's going to have a little cut on it, and it's going to be on a corner most of the time. You know so, what? And I, I look, all I know is I, I'm going to lean in, so don't come inside, man. Because once a boy right, my size start time, leaning. Hey, next time the Brewers and the Braves square off up at your place, I'm going to come on. We're going to get Marcus down in the bullpen. We're going to see what you got. You oh, come on. Yeah, I, I'm there. Hey, oh, I might go there. lefty on you, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm telling you. I start leaning over the plate. A boy my size can't pull it back very quick, so don't come inside. That's all I'm telling you. We are talking to Paul Burt, again, former Major League Baseball pitcher. He's a sportscaster for Fox Sports in Atlanta. He, uh, he is an author of a book called Free Bird. 
He's involved at Birdhouse Ministry in, in, in Georgia. He's got a lot going on. Hey, Pastor, when we talked uh, that first segment, and 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 the reason that that we reached out to Paul is is because Marcus Handel talked about him a number of times last week when we had Marcus in studio. And, and Paul said when, when I called him off the air, he said, you have no idea how much that warms my heart. He said, I, I, Mark is one of my favorite people. We don't obviously communicate as much as we used to, but the fact that he would have my name in when he's talking about his testimony means a lot to me. Well, there's always people, Paul, that God used to, to bring us to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the ones God used in my life, mainly my mom and dad, but it was someone who reached out to my mom and dad uh, and I'm, I, th- I thank the Lord for for that couple all the time. And uh, I, I could just tell with Marcus, he's just grateful for the people because he, the Mike, if you remember the first time Marcus came on, you remember how fired up yeah, he was about bet. religion, not telling him the truth. Yep. And um, and so I I will never forget that that session. Uh, he was, you know, he wasn't as fired up, but he was still pretty passionate about. Nobody told me. Oh the, yeah, uh, the, what the Bible said about how you can live with God. Yeah, he he's he's incredible. And I love the fact that he reaches back and, and says, "Look, these are the guys that I watched. These are the guys." And in yeah. fact, Paul, when he said, "Look, Paul Bird should not have been in the minor leagues with me. He was too good for that." But but the Lord sent him my way. I think <laughs> too bad for him, but great for me, um, oh, so that man. I could I could watch him as a Christian man and and follow in his steps. Yeah. Guys, I mean, you're getting me emotional. It just, you don't always know why you're at a certain place. I remember at times being frustrated. I was stuck behind Maddox, Slavin, Smoltz in the rotation and others. But there was also times of great joy in the relationships that I made and the pruning and the being in places that I didn't want to be, not knowing the purpose until much, much later. And those are beautiful days now. You know, and I had two little boys, and I talk about this in my book, um, and I hope this isn't out of place for your radio station, but when I first came to Christ, I thought that I had to have it all together, and my witness was based on me looking like I had it all together, because why would somebody want to be a mess? And my first son, Grayson Bird, was born in 1996, and I thought my wife was going to divorce me or separate me, and I had a big struggle with pornography. And a lot of people feel like, hey, that's just the good old American way. You're supposed to be attracted to that stuff. But for me, it was an abuse of women. It was after coming to the Lord. It was not what God intended. And my wife and I had an agreement that I would be honest with her. And I wasn't because I thought that I had to have it all together again because the witness of Christ was based on me having it all together, which is not true. But that was my belief system, and there was a time where I came back from a road trip, and the Lord showed up, and I started weeping, Hmm. and we were going to be together, and I couldn't. And out of my mouth, I began to spew all the disgusting things that I was battling on road trips and the things that were in locker rooms and everything. And I thought she was going to divorce me, and she said... I am married to such a godly man. Hmm. And I just looked at her in shock and thought, did you not just hear what I was confessing to you? And she said, oh, I heard every bit of it. She goes, I heard it all. And I said, well, 
certainly didn't marry a godly man. You got damaged goods. And she said, no, no, I married a godly man. A godly man is not somebody that doesn't have struggles. A godly man is somebody that's honest with their wife. And for the first time in my marriage, I feel like I know the real you, and we can work on this together. Mm. And we conceived our son that night, Grayson Burt, and he is a gift of grace. He now plays baseball for Clemson. He is a godly man. I love him to death. My mm. wife's half Asian. He's got a big red beard, my forehead. He is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful-looking young man and a reminder of God's grace every day. Man, oh, it, Paul, that's powerful. I also have another little boy, Colby Bird, who's now 20. I'm going to visit. He's at Stanford in Birmingham. I love him to death, too. The point I'm trying to make, the reason Marcus Hannell was, for whatever reason, attracted to my life is I got real. And I learned that it was okay to struggle and that God was not finished with me, that he was going to carry the work on to completion that he started. And that it wasn't all about me and me living out this life of no sin as a sin management program or being on a power trip so everybody would look at me. It was about, hey, guys, I've got issues and I am working on those issues. But let me tell you about somebody that is the answer to all of your issues. And I think there was some attractiveness in that approach versus being perfect and talking about Christ from a place of thinking you're better than somebody else or that you have it all under control. And when I think of the studies we had that year in Richmond, Virginia, with Marcus and others, it just warms my heart that we could be real, that we could have our band of brothers in the locker room, pray for our teammates, talk about real issues, and Think about Christ instead of ourselves. Hey, Paul, that is um, really, as you were talking through that, I'm, we're in Romans uh, on Sunday mornings at Brookside. We're in Romans chapter 11 right now. And, and, and the Apostle Paul said that since the Jews had rejected Christ, that, he, that God has used the Gentiles to now to provoke them to want that relationship we have with Christ. And... I can't help but think that that goes along even with folks that are not Jews, that are Gentiles, that they come across somebody that is real, that knows Christ, that shares the battles they're going through and how God has given them victory, but yet how their eternal destiny is settled because of what Jesus did. And I'm telling you, that's like light, salt, and a city set up on a hill for a world that is groping in darkness. And... Uh, you probably won't know till you get to heaven how many people you have actually your life actually touched to make thirsty to to see the light of of Jesus Christ. So um, I don't know if you've ever heard the the kids sing the little song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. But that has always been my theme song, and it sounds like gotcha. that's been that's been your theme song. That God is continuing to to chip off the rough edges, and uh, He's doing that in my life. And I need him to do it regularly to uh, conform me to the image of his son, Jesus. So thank you for sharing that, Paul. Amen. Amen. Guys, we've got to get to a break. Other side of the break, um, our jumping off point in segment three is a, a quote that, that Paul had in one of the articles that I read about being honest. And, you know, when you're honest, you sit there with Jesus and interact with him. And, and it's just a really good, I think, statement. And we're going to start with that. And then a number of questions 
uh, for him about being in the locker room and outside of the locker room and things like that. He is Paul Bird, former Major League Baseball pitcher. He is an author of a book called Free Bird, sportscaster for Fox Sports down in Atlanta. Also uh, runs Birdhouse Ministries, part of that. Uh, you can see that online as well. But I, I would highly recommend uh, this book, Free Bird. When did you write the book, by the way, Paul? It's been a bit, right? Yeah, I wrote wrote the book in 06, 07. Uh, struggled with insomnia a lot of my career. And so I uh, read a lot of my career. And then at the end, I started to write a little bit. And so it started out as a letter to my boys. Mm. Um and it ended up turning into a book. Well, that's awesome. Again, he is Paul Bird. We'll get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. Brookside Baptist Church. We're trying to decide what his punishment for being late (laughs) is. And Paul's thinking, uh, Paul Bird, our guest, is thinking, Walsh, it's and suicides. But I figured he's got to do those suicides in under 30, so he might be here a while. Our special guest is Paul Bird, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Long time. He pitched in the Major Leagues with some really good clubs. Uh, also, an author, name of the book is Free Bird, and I would highly recommend it. And a sportscaster for Fox Sports in Georgia. Hey, Paul, you, you had talked a lot um, at the, near the end of the second segment about some of the struggles that you were having. And though it's a different struggle that I had in my life, um, I was drinking and doing some some stuff I shouldn't be doing. And you, you made a comment, and, and for me, once I stopped drinking and, 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 and stopped doing that stuff, the coolest part for me is I'm just honest now. I mean, yeah. if, I, if, if I'm going to be an hour late, I call my wife and say I'm going to be an hour late, not knowing that I'm going to stay at the bar an extra four hours, I mean, I just, it, yeah. it, and so the most refreshing thing for me, people will say, hey, you, you haven't drank or done any of that for a really long time. You know, you must, not, you must, the best part is you're not hung over anymore. I go, no, that's all right. I'm 100% Irish, man. I got through that. Those pretty good. The part that, <laughs> that was best for me is I don't have to lie anymore. And yeah. so I read this quote from you on a question. You said, one thing I've learned is that if you're just honest, and you sit there with Jesus and you interact with him. He meets you in the pain and you have a greater fellowship. And now your weakness has become your strength. And I just that I underlined that that answer that you gave to a question. And I thought, man, right on. That's that's exactly some of the things that that I feel at times. And and you hit it right uh, right on the head where you talk about, look, if you're just honest, you sit there with him. And interact with yeah. them. And that's the part, Paul, that, you know, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ just question me or they shake their head on. Well, I knew all about him growing up in a Catholic church, but never opened the Bible. And the difference when when, when you fully accept him and, and, and have a relationship with him is like night and day. Absolutely. That's the greatest experience for me. And I think when you're on the outside, you look at Christianity or this is my opinion. 
everybody could be different, but it's like, hey, you know, for me to do that, that means I can't curse. Um, you know, I can't uh, have sex. I can't. You start going through all these things. I can't drink. I have to become nice. And when I mean nice, I just mean like C.S. Lewis said, we castrate the gelding and then we tell them to go be fruitful. Sometimes our idea of what a Christian man looks like is not anything to what the Bible has called you to. And it calls us to real relationship with a person. It's not a sin management program. It's not a lifestyle. It is a person that you engage in a relationship with and learn how to listen. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I'm the resurrection and life. I'm the bread of life. I'm eternal life. And we are born spiritually dead. We're born with that void. And we need life. And like you, Mike, we can take it to pornography. We can take it to alcohol. We can take it to success in the world where we make a lot of money and people are giving us attaboys. But we are empty and we have to find a life source. You know, I have a friend tell me that marriage without Jesus is like two ticks with no dog. You know, <laughs> it's like you need a life source. And we're just going to find that life source somewhere else. And when you trust Christ, that life source is actually a relationship of interaction where he sits with you in the pain. You're not a Buddhist that's supposed to never have a problem or never have any pain or never have any desire. It's quite opposite. He may have a lot of pain in store for you, but he will be with you in the pain, in the storms. He says in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He didn't say, take heart, I'm going to give you 10 steps to how to get on the Christian treadmill and start praying more and stop cursing less and start, you know. He doesn't say that. He says, take heart, I've overcome the world, and you know me, and I've got your back, and we're in this together. And when I started to learn what Christianity what authentic Christianity was all about, I was like, my God, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Thank you. He is Paul Bird. Again, former Major League Baseball pitcher, number of teams, he's an author and sportscaster and a lot of things. A really quick follow-up on on that. The second part of of your answer I, I think was awesome as well. You say, I don't rejoice in the fact that I've made poor choices. But I rejoice in God's plan B, which is intimacy with him and sitting with me in the pain. And man, I wouldn't trade the intimacy I've gotten with him for anything in the world. And man, you're just singing right from from the hymn book that that I feel with with that as well. And when, when you start with, look, being honest, and then I know I've made poor choices. But you know what? He still is his he has accepted me into his family and, and, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And the fact that I have somebody to talk to every day on my way into work to say, Lord, let's, you know, l- l- let me tell you, let me thank you for these kids that, that you've blessed me with and, and their kids and these grandkids. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a whole different animal than it was, you know, 16, 17 years ago for me. No, that's absolutely beautiful. That is it. That is it. And that is what I believe we're here for that is our purpose and i think he's rigged the world it won't work you know you can try to get life other places it just simply will not work and you'll be left empty because again you're spiritually dead and need life and i believe when you trust him now all of a sudden you 
have purpose. Your connection with the Father who loves you dearly through the gift of his little boy, Jesus, that is your purpose. You know, that is it. To believe in the one he has sent and to love one another, that's our purpose. And I think when you believe and you interact in that relationship, it's it's everything to me. He is everything to me. And I still mess up. I mean, I mean, I still love baseball. I still, you know, get frustrated and say something I shouldn't, or I still what you know. But like, you may say, "Geez, what an idiot over there!" Bird calls himself a Christian. You know, I, I, yeah. Uh, Lecrae tweeted out the other day, "Yes, I'm a hypocrite." The point is, our behavior may be hypocritical, critical at times, or we may still have issues or whatever. But I've got the person. Amen. I've got Jesus inside of me. I've got a relationship. I talk to him. I interact with him. And I am really scared. You talked about, you know, the debt you owe him. The Bible says the person that owes him more will actually love him more. Because it's like, you canceled my debt. You forgave a lot. And I'm like, man, is that why I'm so crazy about you? <laughs> so much I owe you. But I just enjoy him. I love a relationship. I love talking to him, listening to him, sometimes just sitting in quietness with the knowledge that, hey, we're together. You know, that is what, for me, has made all the difference. And without that, I'm really scared where I would be. I'm really scared. I would certainly be divorced. I would be a major sex addict. I may be in jail. I'm not sure. You'd be rooming with me. (laughs) You and I'd be roommates, Paul. It would be much, much greater and again yeah. we, we'd be roommates you yeah. and me that's uh, thank goodness yeah hey. we'd be in the same cell yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a fact oh that that, that would be interesting hey, right. hey paul hey paul i got a question for you as you were yeah. you know after you came to the lord you know you're still pitching um i'm sure there were times that you had to go to the lord and say i, I need your help i mean this is what i'm supposed to be doing i'm having trouble whether it's physically you know getting the ball over the plate or whatever or even times where people were accusing you of, of things. I think there was a time, you know, that they yeah, were that even Mitchell saying, report. Yep. Yeah, that, oh, he's on yeah. steroids and things. How, how did the, you know, let, let's, let's say, how did the Lord help you, you know, when you're going through a tough time with pitching, how did he help you when you were being falsely accused? I mean, share, share a little bit of how God. Yeah, well, I had to go through a huge trial in New York over the HDH. Uh, Ensign was found to have done everything correctly. Uh, that I did turn in my paperwork. I was not suspended. But at that point, you know, the accusation and the things that came in, and I'm not, you know, shoot, I'm, I'm un- I totally understand it. Um, but it was very painful. And so, but I felt in a really weird way, um, I felt a little bit of fellowship with the Lord because of accusations that came through. And, guys, that doesn't mean I'm perfect or I did everything right or everything like that. Um, you know, we had, I had, I've, you know, this isn't a, a confessional program for me, but, you know, I've alluded to some of my struggles. And, you know, we're all kind of a mess. But when I started to say, hey, I did everything correctly, I turned this in. And they went through this big trial, but then, you know, based on what you read on Wikipedia, there may still be accusations, there may still be things, and I just decided to rest, and I just really gained some fellowship, 
um, through the Lord, with the Lord, through some of that, where I'm like, gosh, it is to be accused on a national level to be have all these I had notes coming to my house saying, you know, uh, they wanted to light me on fire and all, all sorts of stuff. And I started to just really rest and, and say, okay, I'm, I am not perfect, but I did what I was supposed to do in this situation. And, um, so there was some fellowship in that. And, and, um, it was, I wish I would have done certain things differently. I wish I would have taken greater care, uh, through my medical condition. I do have a pituitary tumor. I do have, um, you know, to this day, I have hormone issues and uh, certain things, but uh, it was a <clears throat> a tough time in my life. You bet. And yes, my faith did help me get through some of that. He is Paul Bird. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll close the show up. We've got a few minutes. We've got a couple of questions that I want to ask him. And in fact, one of those is if he could go back and pitch one more game. For the teams that he pitched with, what what organization would he choose to go back and throw Game 7? And would he put on a Mets uniform or a Braves uniform or Red Sox? We'll ask Paul Bird that on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest. This has been a great show. He is Paul Bird, former Major League Baseball pitcher. In fact, I thought the first segment was our best segment, but that's neither here nor there. Also a sportscaster for Fox Sports in Atlanta, and he is an author of a book called Free Bird. You can find that on Amazon, number of them. If you you Google Free Bird, it's uh, you, it will come up. You'll be able to read part of it, and if you're interested in pur- purchasing that book, there's a way to do that uh, right online. Hey, Paul, uh, if the number of teams that you pitched for, if you could if, if you could get that lightning bolt back in your arm one more time and, th- and yeah. start one more game, game seven, what uniform would you put on? Oh, my gosh. That's like the toughest question I've ever had. Um, I loved every place that I played. I had a group of fans that like the bird's nest, the bird cage somewhere else. I loved everywhere I played. Um, this is gonna, I'm going to go off the board here. I loved my time with Anaheim. Really? With the Angels. We had a great group of guys. And you guys will appreciate this. Ron Renneke was our bench coach. Sure. Mm-hmm. Great man. Um, Joe Madden was our bench coach. Great man. Buddy Black was my pitching coach. Mike Sosha. Was our head. I mean, it was just one wow. of those where we had an all-star uh, lineup of coaches building into me. Um, you know, we had the bird's nest out in left field, and, you know, I was flapping away at them. <laughs> and I just loved, <laughs> loved my time with the Angels. I still have a reoccurring dream that I am pitching for the Angels, getting ready to walk out. I go over the scouting report, and when I get ready to take the field, I wake up. 
So I don't know what that means, but um, you don't know if you won the game or not. I have that same one, but I have I have no shirt on in front of a full, (laughs) you know, a whole stadium of people just laughing at me. Yeah. See, see, I have it, but I'm hitting the game winning shot. You pass me the ball, I hit the game winning shot. On an eight foot hoop. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen you shoot. That ain't gonna happen. There's no chance. It's a dream. Hey, Paul, let me ask you, uh, what was the highlight? What was one of the biggest highlights for you? Uh, either the yeah, big strikeout so, or what? What or the home run or what, what was I the I think highlight? he's going to the Cleveland Indians. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. But uh, You know what? I had some great memories with Cleveland. Love their fans. That's my family's favorite place that they live um, because of the connections they made in the neighborhood. My best moment when I think back about it, I was when I left Richmond the next game I pitched in the big leagues, I was claimed off waivers by the Philadelphia Phillies, left Richmond, Marcus Hanel and others. And I got, they tried to send me to AAA, but they made this mistake in the paperwork. So they had to send me to the big leagues. Perfect. And Terry Francona was my manager. And uh, they said, Hey, we're going to give you the ball. You're going to start against Randy Johnson. Oh, wow. And then you're going to go back to AAA. And, um, so anyways, I beat him. I threw a shutout. I won 4 nothing, oh. And this was the best part. I got a base hit off Randy Johnson. Oh, wow. And it was the game winner. And by the seventh, eighth inning, I'd walk up to the plate, and they're playing Rocky over the speakers. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, Philadelphia was going nuts. And um, it was a really cool moment. And after that game, the people, the reporters said, if we send this guy down and move him to the bullpen, we're idiots. You know, we've only got Kurt Schilling in our rotation, and, and we need to keep this guy up here. So it was a really cool time in my life um, where I was able to finally get my chance to start in the big leagues. And um, the next day, I was riding the bike in the weight room, and Randy Johnson came in. And I was like, man, he sat down next to me, and he goes, way to go, man. You got me. And I said, Randy, I said, I appreciate you saying that. I go, I can kind of believe I pitched well. Um, I just – you know, I can't believe I got a hit on him. <laughs> I hit Randy Johnson's fastball. And he looks at me and he goes, Paul, that was a slider. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. So then, you know, he finished riding. I went back. I watched the tape over again, watched it a little closer. And sure enough, I swung for 100 miles an hour. I was on time for 92. He threw a 92-mile-an-hour slider that started about a foot above my bat, and I swung <laughs> under it, and it broke down and hit my back. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is really cool. So that's my favorite moment in the big leagues. I um, also made the all-star team the next year when uh, Ted Williams was brought out on the golf cart. My son, Grace, and the son born out of Grace, sat on my lap. We watched the home run contest, and it's, again, one of the coolest memories uh, that would of be my cool. career. That oh, that, that is awesome. Paul, we can't thank you enough for, for your time. I, I really appreciate this. And, and if if uh, if it's okay with you, we'd love to reach out, back out with you. I, I know that we did not get a chance to talk at all about some of the stuff that you and Kim do and some of the speaking stuff that, that you do about faith and sports and how to stay married in a career-dominated lifestyle. Some of the things that you guys do together, um, I would love to be able to reach back out. If you, if you do come into Milwaukee, uh, when the Braves come in, I'd love to, yeah. you know, maybe we'll go have lunch. Pastor, are you buying, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He's well, not, I thought you were going to 
going to say you wanted me to strike you out when I came back to town. Oh, oh, well, tr- we oh def- trust me. Hey, we I, definitely want that. You know what? You you Look, you better start warming up now because <laughs> I'm going to embarrass you. <laughs> I heard you like the crowd that played. I just want to tell you that plate's mine. <laughs> you, you know what? You Bring a bucket of balls because you don't want Pastor having to go find all those ones I hit, I hit out in center field. Oh, man. You know what? You. Here's the problem. Most of the time I talk smack, these, these guys are never coming to Milwaukee. Yeah. This guy might come to Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, I'll put, two, I, I I'll love put my every batting. minute of it, Paul. Look, we'll I love every minute of it. You know what? I'll pull a Willie McGee and just bunt on him and try running down to first hey, base. I played, and Ch- Smith. Hey, I played slow slow pitch uh, softball, church softball with him, and he could try to turn it. You know, he'd play second base, try to turn two. Yeah, t- four or five <laughs> steps to do that nowadays. And then try to <laughs> hop over somebody. I can't do it. He is Paul Bird again. You author uh, Free Bird, sportscaster for uh, for the Atlanta Brazer, for Fox Sports Atlanta, excuse me, and uh, runs Birdhouse Ministry. All kinds of great things he is doing. Can't thank uh, Tom Roy and Marcus Handel enough uh, for, for introducing us to Paul Bird. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.